Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today, we have Paul Arab on the show. He's the chief audit executive at Home Federal Bank at Tennessee. Um, Paul has won two prestigious awards in his lifetime so far. Uh, one is the Elijah Watts Sales Award. Uh, that goes to CPAs who uh, scored at least a 95.5 across each section of the uh, CPA. So pretty impressive. And then also uh, won the William S. Smith Award for having the highest score on the CIA. And when you win that award, they take you to wherever the GAM conference is. And so when Paul won it, it was in Dubai. So he got to go uh, go to Dubai and do all that. So uh, really, really smart guy that we have on today. And the primary topic is around rebranding internal audit and how he did that at Home Federal Bank at Tennessee and some of the hurdles that came along with that. And when we're talking about rebranding, really it was about doing more advisory work. So they literally changed the name uh, from internal audit to audit and advisory services. So um, changing the name and then also kind of what that what comes with that. And so it's really interesting, a lot of, lot of discussion around what advisory is because it kind of blurs the line somewhat. Um, so Paul goes into that and gives some examples, some hurdles that he came across when trying to do this and the process and the protocol to do more advisory work. And what I thought was really interesting was the impact that it had on the culture of his team. So they're doing projects that they enjoy more now. So the culture is better. Uh, Paul talks about the communication being a lot better. Uh, not that it was necessarily a problem, but that it is better uh, than it was. So just some really interesting insights from Paul after going through this exercise. Um, and then we also talk about the, the biggest problem facing the profession now and what Paul looks for in an auditor when he is looking to uh, bring them on to, to the team. So um, that's it. It was a good one. Thanks, Paul, for coming on. Here we go. Yeah, so the the rebranding of internal audit, I think that's fascinating uh, discussion. And I know the actual name change is also a piece that you went through. So changing it from audit to audit and advisory services. So I just wanted to, um, I think that's a topic that a lot of people would be interested in. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what that process was like and kind of how you did it and any any of the the major hurdles and and really what was the, maybe the backstory or the reasoning behind making that change and, and doing the rebranding. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, for years, I mean, um, our department was just the internal audit department, just like, you know, most. Um, and it, it was kind of a combination of things, um, the motivation to change. 
you know, the industry as a whole has been talking about, you know, moving towards that trusted advisor and providing more than just, you know, normal gotcha type auditing. So, and that's been a push for a long time. Um, so we really wanted to do more of that here at, at the bank where I'm at. Um, and we kind of got together, my team and I, and thought, well, uh, you know, nobody's going to just come to you and say, hey, do you guys want to do something different? We need to drive this. Um, so we were, you know, brainstorming, what can we do um, just within our own department that'll let us kind of go down the roads we really want to go down? Because sometimes you're, you're just, you know, management is happy with what you're doing, you know, and, and it works. Um, so they don't always see the need for change. Um, so the idea was, let's take it to them on a platter, sell it to them and, and kind of make our department what we want it to be. Um, so we did some brainstorming uh, with the team. Um, we spent quite a bit of time on the name, just batting around different ones. Um, and we still ended up with a bit of a mouthful, you know, with audit and advisory services, but we wanted it to show, um, clearly that we were going to do more than just audit. Um, so we already offered what we called our consulting engagements, um, but they were just kind of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to push that this was more an advisory role and really give us an avenue to do more of the consulting work that we were doing. And so to that point, uh, if someone that's new to internal audit, um, maybe the audit piece makes sense, but the advisory, you know, like what, uh, well, I don't know what advisory means. What do you mean by advisory? Um, how would you maybe define that? And then maybe a, an example of, if you're able to, uh, an example of an advisory project and how that would differentiate or be different than a, an audit project. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes the lines get blurred a bit, you know, they do go hand in hand, especially if you're, if you're doing a good job at auditing, usually you're, you're dabbling in advisory, whether you call it that or not. Um, so, I mean, really the advisory side is, uh, just from an audit angle would be the closest to your recommendations. I mean, when you, when you've looked at all that information and you've really studied it and you want to help them make change, um, you try and come up with a good recommendation. Um, and depending on how you look at it, recommendations can be very straightforward. Like here's the issue. We recommend that you make changes to fix it. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't give them a lot of information to work off of. Um, so whenever you're able to go beyond that and say, well, here's what we saw, here's what we think the root cause is, here's some opportunities for you or different uh, possibilities of ways you could fix that. Um, that's when you're getting more over the advisory side. Um, but you can only do so much when you're in the middle of an audit because of independence. Yeah. Um, so to go strictly advisory is really more like, we'll give you advice directly. Um, we'll consult with you. There will be no you know, um, looking for compliance issues or looking for errors that you made. We're really focusing on what's the current process, what are your needs, and how can we improve that? Um, and I think most auditors probably dabble in that a bit. Um, and for, for definitely for my team, that's a lot, of, a lot of ways the more enjoyable side of audit yeah. um, is when you really get to do that part of it. Yeah. Um, so that, that went hand in hand with us saying, you know, how are we going to make the work in the department more like we, what, what we want it to be? Um, so knowing we, we like that type of work and that a lot of times management, that's where they really see more value. Um, you know, I've had executive managers tell me before that that's great. You found the problems. Wonderful. How do I fix it? Mm-hmm. So that's really where it comes in is, is that the, how do you fix it? And, and what's the best way to go about making that fix? Perfect. Were there any hurdles and, and getting to where you are now and making that change? 
Um, it was a bit of a process. Uh, we had to go into it very deliberately because we had different stakeholder groups that we didn't know exactly how each would respond. Um, felt pretty confident going in that management would be on board because they already did appreciate, you know, when we were able to do some of that just on the audit capacity. Um, we really had to make sure that the audit committee of the board was going to be on board and understand what was going on. Um, and being in banking, we're very heavily regulated. So we had to also kind of line it out. So we knew the next exam we had from regulators, it would come up in conversation. So we had to be ready for that. Um, but the process we took was really kept it in internally with the team for, for as long as we could to figure out all the details and kind of wrap it up in a bow. Uh, we made a PowerPoint presentation for the CEO and just kind of lined out the, the reasoning behind it. Uh, and so first I met with the CEO, explained what I wanted to do, um, kind of explained in some ways the differences and how that would really split apart. Because like you said, audit advisory, similar, what's the real difference? Yeah. So we went down that, um, you know, and, and he, he thought it was a great idea because, um, you know, if nothing else, that's a great way to get more value out of employees he was already paying. So, I mean, we can help the company in ways and no headcount for him. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, his concern was, the other two areas, like I said, he wanted to make sure the audit committee was going to be okay with it and wanted to make sure it would pass regulatory muster. Yeah. So um, next step, got with the audit committee, um, did a presentation for them, explained it. Um, I've got a great audit committee where they're really open and, um, you know, anytime I need to communicate with them, I can. And so we talked it through. Um, CEO was supportive of it, you know, in the audit committee meeting. Um, and then we talked it through some in private with the audit chair and, and the committee and they loved it. I mean, the, the one concern I got, um, and rightly so, was, um, you know, we still have to maintain that independence right. and we still have to understand that that's our primary function. Um, Consulting is great. It's going to add a lot of value. It's going to give us more fulfillment in our jobs. But at the end of the day, if we're not providing assurance to the board, then we're not you know, doing our jobs. Yeah. Um, so we had that conversation um, and everybody was OK with that. And then we really documented the change, um, updated our charter and things like that to be ready for the regulators. And when the regulators came in the first time, um, you know, knock on wood, it really ended up being a non-event. Um, they kind of understood the whole risk basis and how we were going to separate things out. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, they, they thought it was a great idea too. You did all that prep for nothing then. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But yeah, you know, it is better to be prepared and not yeah. get asked than not be prepared and get asked. So. <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. So when you do an advisory project and you make recommendations, how does that work relative to like, so you guys couldn't then go back and audit that, right? Yeah, what we've tried to do, um, you know, we're not a big department, but we, there's six of us in total. So, I mean, one thing is we do kind of have specialties between us, mm -hmm. um, but then we've also, you know, a lot of my teammates have really great um, technical skills um, that they can use in any area. 
So one thing we try and do is if it's a certain area of the bank, um, we'll ask one of the team members that typically does an audit in that area to kind of lead um, looking at the advisory side of that. So that that's helpful. Um, I've been able to, because of my great team, um, take on a lot of those myself where I can start the project, get it going. Um, and since I don't do a lot of the day-to-day -day audits, that allows me to be a little more hands-on. Um, and then I've got some, you know, great team members that can step up and do the review work and things like that. If it's in an area that, that I've worked in. Okay. Um, Appreciate that. So, Cause I know there's, that's usually like a common issue that I hear when it comes to like making that change is, well, if we, you know, effectively, if we build it, then we can't audit it um, kind of thing. And I know teams have various approaches. So I was, I was curious about yours. I appreciate that. Yeah. What, what have some of the, the benefits from doing this been? Like I would imagine even just culturally within your group, there's, um, I don't know, a better way to say it other than being happier or maybe having better, more job fulfillment as, as, as have you seen uh, like kind of a shift in the benefits from making the change? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we still we still juggle all the duties, but when we're able to do the advisory side, um, I see that, you know, people are just more willing to, to step up and volunteer for that. Um, and they really get to showcase more of what they can do. Um, in banking, a lot of what audit has to do, it will be compliance based. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, compliance auditing definitely can get a little dry. Uh, so yeah, I have seen people, you know, really get more interested in that and be excited to come on with something. Um, it's definitely helped relationships. I mean, we're already focused on building relationships with other areas of the bank, but just those managers knowing they can call us in that capacity um, and not have to worry that um, I called and told them a problem. So two weeks later, they're going to show up on my door to do an audit. Yeah, uh, That's helped with the relationships as well. Awesome. Um, and a lot of it's the day to day. I mean, it's great. Uh, sometimes you can do it through a formal route, but a lot of times it's, I'll get a phone call or, you know, my, my senior IT auditor, she's great data analyst. She'll get a phone call and it'll just say, Hey, I'm thinking about this. Any suggestions? And really, you know, there's no formality to it, but they know that they can pick up the phone and that we will take a look and give them an educated opinion. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I love that almost more than any other aspect of it. Just that it has helped the communication. Nice. And, and if you were, if you were bringing on like a new member to the team with this kind of new approach, what would be um, like, what would you look for in someone that you're bringing into your group now? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we still have to look for the traditional pieces because we do still, you know, do the assurance work. Um, but I think overall, you know, the work is similar. So the qualities are, are still similar. Um, we really want to look for natural things like someone who's really curious or someone mm -hmm. who, you know, like the eye says, a, a natural skepticism. Um, so those are both great things to look for. Um, it's great if they've got experience in auditing, even better if they've got experience in auditing banking since our industry. But when you go down that resume road, you really limit yourself, especially if you're looking for an internal auditor in your industry with your experience. Yeah. There's only so many. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, um, I know there's been a lot of debate, especially like as a chief audit executive, um, where people will put in, in the requirements, like the job requirements must be a CPA. And it's like, mm -hmm. uh, why, you know, and, and there's the debate on, you know, in, in what situations should that be a requirement and not, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. The, um, the resume doesn't really tell the whole story as, as far as what you're looking for. So I appreciate that. Um, if you're looking for someone that's curious, how do you 
how do you do that? Cause I think that is a, a fantastic trait. Um, I would say curiosity and learning are probably two of my biggest ones. Um, I just like to learn stuff and I'm curious about how things work. I've always liked, you know, growing up science was like, or biology and chemistry, my favorite, my two favorite subjects. And I think it's, it served me well and in, in being curious and going, oh, I wonder why that works. Let me go, you know, dig into it some more. So, um, is there a way to kind of like figure that out or is it just a feel for it or, or how do you, how do you do that? Uh, well, I'd say yeah, it's definitely easier said than done. Um, it's not like it's stamped on somebody's forehead. Um, so you do have to kind of figure out some ways. Um, I think really it, it's looking for, like you said, the, the little cues like that. Somebody who asks why. I mean, it, if you go through a job interview and you don't use the words why and how, <laughs> then that's kind of a red flag to me. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, because a good auditor will ask you why until they're blue in the face. Um and you'll give them an answer and they'll take it, but then they want to know how you know that. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it definitely is hard to do, um, especially in this day and age, if you're doing things virtually or you're just going through a stack of resumes. But um, luckily where I work at, you know, we're definitely smaller and we take our time with things like that. So uh, the last staff member we brought on board, which has been an amazing addition to our team, um, we interviewed three separate times before we, you know, made, made an offer and had long, good conversational type interviews. Um, and I think it just, you have to get to know them a little bit and then you'll know it when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that asking or, or, or paying attention to if they're asking why during the interview or why and how, I think that's a really good, a really good way to figure out if this person is curious or not. Um, instead of just answering the questions and going on, they told me when I was uh, the first I guess I'd been in, in external audit for like a month and a half and we were hiring somebody new. We we're going through the interview process and they're like, yeah, come along. And I was like, for what? Like, what, like, what do I know about who should be a good hire for this? I barely know what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> on any given day. Um, and my senior manager said, uh, she was like, basically this is all your you know, job is and, and, and coming along with this is, would you want to have a beer with this person after work? And she said, our job is to, you know, us, you know, figure that out also, but then see if we would want to work for that person one day. Um, so do you pass the, have a beer test and is you, are you somebody that I would want to work for, uh, one day? So I always thought that was, that was really good advice and, and something I've kind of stuck with. So, or a water or, dinner or whatever you know yeah is your favorite no, right. you know people talk about the the culture fit a lot it, it's hard to put your finger on it but yeah. but those are good proxies for it you know is this somebody that you wouldn't mind being around daily because that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen so but what's the like one of the biggest problems you see audit facing right now uh, well i mean i think for me it's it's one of the the biggest and the oldest problems it's really just kind of like the reputation uh, of audit and um that mentality that we're the, the police out there looking to, to capture everything you're doing wrong and, and, you know, run and tell on you to management of the board. Um, and, you know, it, it's also, it's a stereotype for a reason because there's a lot of auditors that, that operate that way, especially historically. Um, so I think moving past that really showcasing the skill sets that auditors have because auditors have so many various skills. I mean, in my area alone, there's people with um, degrees from four different disciplines. You know, mm -hmm. not all of us have accounting degrees by far. 
um, and they bring those different perspectives to bear. Um, and they're also really intelligent people so that, you know, they learn on their own and learn new things all the time. So just showing people what we can do and that we're not simply there to go in, find everything we can, and write the report. Yeah. Um, it helps in so many ways. It helps management. It helps us. Um, and I think it helps the profession. Um, and there's been a lot of progress. Um, you know, the, the trusted advisor push from the IA, I think that's really important um, because that's really where most of us want to be. Um, and it's a win-win. So if we can get rid of some of that negative reputation we've had over the years um, and just build more of that, that trust with, with management and the board and all the stakeholders, then that's probably our biggest goal and our biggest challenge, I'd say. Paul, is there anything else that, that uh, you kind of want to leave the listeners with? Um, well, you know, I, I like your comments there, Trent, about, you know, data analysis and, and selling the industry. I mean, especially in smaller companies like ours, um, that's really the road we're going down. You know, we don't have a, a data analysis department. Um, so showing what we can do through that avenue is a great opportunity. Um, and hopefully, like you said, more people from different backgrounds will consider internal audit or, or you know, that, that type of work um, because it's different, but it's can be really rewarding. I mean, uh, like you said, you can kind of create your own research projects and go down that hole and, and see what you find. Um, and it's very different than pretty much any other area I've ever worked in. Um, it's uh, not for the faint of heart sometimes. Um, if you want to just come in and do your nine to five and push the same button over and over again, then um, probably not the right field. But if you want to be interested in the work um, and get to really spend time and dig into details, then um, I would I would recommend it. All right, Paul, appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, Trent, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.